Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. I'm going to start with a weird question. What does amputating limbs, day in, day out, teach you about health? Our guest today is my friend and functional medicine practitioner, Dr. Justin Marcagiani. He experienced the shortcomings of conventional medicine firsthand in kind of a morbid way. He actually began his career in the surgical ward assisting with limb amputations. He was actually the guy holding limbs as they chopped them off. And so he realized that there had to be a better way. And then he went, he basically took his career in a different direction, decided to practice functional medicine down the road. And it's all about preventative medicine, alternative healing. And a lot of times you can do that with good old fashioned nutrition, fitness, and proper sleep and lifestyle factors. So we're going to be talking about that today, and I know you're going to like it. But before we get to the interview, here's a quick update from the community. We just wrapped up our Sugar Detox Challenge in our online community, the Fat Burning Tribe. And I just want to say congratulations to all of you who participated. There are way too many to list right now, but I'm going to share a few bits of feedback that came in. We're definitely stoked to help you get the sugar monkey off your back because sugar is a nasty beast. This is what Patty says. She says, I'm on day 22 and still going strong. I'm on a roll. I'm down another inch on my waist and in my hips, too. Five more pounds down. What a lovely benefit. Congratulations, Patty. This one's from Catherine. She says, it amazes me how much I've changed. A few months ago, I would never have managed this. I now realize that sugar or sweeteners is a major trigger for me, and I need to just stay away from them all, at least for a while. Thanks for challenging me. Catherine, that's a great point. It's really important to realize that the food that you eat Certainly sugar can change the way that you feel and even the way that your brain operates. I know that I feel a lot better when I dial the sugar down and I dial down the processed carbs and the the processed wheat and the flours and things like that. And uh, all of a sudden you start feeling like everything's a little bit easier. Maybe your joints aren't quite as inflamed. Your brain is a little bit sharper. You're with it. And I'm I'm super stoked that you're experiencing that. Uh, And if you are listening out there and you think that sugar is kind of an issue, which it is for most people, you still have time to join us in our next Sugar Detox Challenge in the tribe. So from any device, all you have to do is type in fatburningtribe.com to get your limited time discount. Here's one more from Rick in the tribe who wrote in to say, even though I'm new to the tribe, I've been following the wild diet for about a month. I've lost 22 pounds and most of my pants are starting to fall off. I had to buy new pants and tighten my belt. I look forward to getting in great shape and continuing to eat healthy. I made the baked spaghetti and meatballs tonight, and it tastes great. Congrats, Rick. That's freaking awesome. As much as us dudes loathe shopping for clothes, myself included, it's a lovely problem to have. So glad you dig the spaghetti and meatballs as well, man. They're they're pretty good. I can tell you that my wife, Allison, and I have been tinkering in the kitchen for years to make real food taste great. And we have a lot of brand new wild recipes that we just put together for our members. We're talking slow roasted ribs, Persian kebabs, the delectable wild pumpkin bread, and tons more. So if you want all these recipes, and done-for-you wild meal plans to help you burn stubborn fat, listen up. You can get all those goodies and more for a limited time when you join the Fat-Burning Tribe. If you want to level up your health, get back to your high school weight and eat some of the best food you've ever tasted, we're waiting for you in the tribe. Right now, you can join us for just $1. Just head on over to fatburningtribe.com to sign up. All right, on this show with Dr. Justin, you're about to learn how bad bacteria in the gut can actually cause depression and fatigue how to boost testosterone without drugs, when you need to fine-tune your carbs, and much more. Let's go hang out with Dr. Justin. This episode is brought to you by Wild Superfoods. Let's start with a quick question. 
do health supplements really work? After testing many hundreds of tonics, supplements, powders, and potions over the past seven plus years, my wife Allison and I have found very few companies that we actually trust. Massive, faceless corporations seem to be running the show, often prioritizing profits well above our collective health. Many supplements in stores and online are of extremely low quality, are ridiculously overpriced, and some don't even contain the active ingredient they're supposed to be selling. We all deserve much better. That's why my wife Allison and I created Wild Superfoods. We're a small family business and we take our own products daily because we think they're the best out there. Our ultimate daily bundle provides you with a complete supplement regimen that you can trust to deliver maximum health benefits without the guesswork. Whether you're looking for Mega Omegas, Vitamin D Stack, Probiotic Spheres, or Future Greens, our cutting edge supplements have you covered. And as a listener of Fat Burning Man, you can save over $80 on a one-time purchase or save over $128 when you select subscribe and save. All you have to do is head on over to wildsuperfoods.com. You can type it into your address bar right now to order your very own health-boosting goodies for a rocking listener discount for a limited time. And as always, if you don't love any of our products from Wild Superfoods, then you get your money back. So one more time, all you have to do to check it out is visit wildsuperfoods.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you there. All right, folks, Dr. Justin Marcagiani is a functional medicine practitioner who treats patients using real food, biohacking, and quantification right here in Austin, Texas. What's cooking, man? Not too much, brother. It's so great to be on your show. We were talking in the pre-interview. I met you back, I think, Dave Asprey's first Bulletproof Conference back in 2013, January, and you just starting, I think, the fat-burning man the year before. So I'm so happy that we're able to get in touch again. Yeah, me too, man. And it's life has taken us on some crazy adventures. I was talking about music in the brain at that one, then I talked about living in the woods at the next Bulletproof <laughs> thing. But uh, now I'm back in Austin, and I, I couldn't be happier, and I'm glad you're here too. So Let's get started just by talking about, you You know, you're someone who you're down there in the trenches. You're actually dealing with real patients, which yeah. is somewhat unique in this space, right? A lot of people yeah. kind of talk the talk or whatever. It's true. But, yeah. But you're getting your your hands dirty. Let's talk about how your approach is a bit different from, you know, if you walk into a typical doctor's office and you have a problem, you might get surgery or a medication. That's obviously not quite fair and oversimplification. Right. But yeah. you actually got started with that in mind, right? Working in uh, in surgery. But you decided not to be a surgeon after that, right? Yeah, I worked in a surgical center while I was at UMass. And I was there helping to assist the surgeon, like holding the patient, like holding the limbs as the doctor would come in there and amputate it off. And I was just yeah. like, all right, you're holding this limb. You can literally feel the blood pulsing through it. And then you wrap it up and you bring it down to the morgue. And hundreds of limbs literally pass through my hand. Boy. I remember going into the um, – into the changing area and talking to the surgeon and saying, hey, doc, how can we get a f in front of this and, and fix this? And yeah. he really didn't have any solutions and didn't really think he was that interested because he'd go out to the butt hut and smoke his cigarette afterwards. And I'm like, all right, this is big disconnect between conventional medicine yeah. 
in natural medicine or getting to the root cause. So I'm like, all right, how can we dig in deep and just follow successful people that have helped these people? So I looked at the diet piece, mm-hmm. got the diet piece down. All right, got the exercise piece down. That was the next piece. And then studied functional medicine doctors and nutritionists to really plug in the other pieces because it, you really need a comprehensive kind of system. You need the diet piece, the lifestyle piece, and then you need to look at the other body systems, the blood sugar, the hormones, the gut, the detox to really plug it all in. But mm-hmm. yeah, diet and lifestyle can be a really effective starting point and conventional medicine misses that great for like acute trauma yeah. and such you yeah. know i get in a car accident bring me there but hey if i have diabetes probably we want to look a little bit deeper under the metabolic hood so to speak and it's so interesting when you look at uh, some of the stuff that comes out in the media it's just like there's no other conclusion but to cut out people's stomachs <laughs> it's like well you could just not eat complete crap food and try to prevent a lot of these problems in the first place. But it seems like it's it's been hard to have that conversation and really drive it forward. I think we're making progress in the past few years, making a good argument for preventative medicine and, and nipping these things in the bud. But what can you do to really get people on board before they're sick? Because a lot of people, right, they, they only come into the doctor's office uh, after something really terrible goes wrong. But how do you get people a little bit before that? Yeah, so it's tough, right? Number one, I see a lot of patients that have already kind of bounced their head against the conventional medical establishment walls a few times, so they're really motivated. So I'm getting more and more people because of the internet and shows like yours that are putting information out there that's showing people, yeah, they actually have options. Right? They actually have options. So people are now coming in and they're saying, well, I got this fatigue or I have this, these digestive issues or these mood issues, or these depression and, and, and things. What can we do to get ahead of that? Mm-hmm. And so because of the internet and references that are fingertips, people know there's at least an opportunity to heal that's different. Yeah. And so because of that, patients are coming in and there's so much good information. A lot of them are already coming in on a paleo kind of template, right? Mm-hmm. They've got the food quality down. They're getting the toxins out. They're getting the inflammatory grains out and they're really driving up nutrient density. Right. They're, they're yeah. subbing the, the, the uh, greens for grains. They're cutting out the refined sugar, high quality meats, high quality fats, getting the inflammation down, the anti-inflammation up, and they're feeling better off the bat. But then what's left over is kind of where the functional medicine doctor comes in and, and really kind of fine tunes things. Yeah. So a lot of people, they step in and they feel great in a lower carb diet. They do great because they get this insulin resistance going on. Mm-hmm. Then they plateau. Well, what's next? Yeah. Do we got to dial those carbs up? You know, we got our three macronutrient wheels here or dials, so to speak. We have carbs, fats, and proteins. Mm-hmm. We have good quality, right? Organic, nutrient-dense, anti-inflammatory. And then we mm-hmm. fine-tune those dials. Do we drop the carbs down for a bit, up the fat, moderate protein? Or do we start upping the carbs, you know, dropping the carb, dropping the fat a little bit? How do we fine-tune that? So the diet's always the first place and then we can dig in with some deeper lab testing later so what are you looking at with the diet specifically such as when or why would you turn up or down the carbs uh, number for example Great question. So most people are already a little bit overweight, right? They may have a a BMI over, I think, 25 or 30 is that overweight to obese category. For a male, they may have inch size of their uh, waist, 40 inches above, or a female, 35 or above, higher blood pressure, any inflammatory marker in the book, right? C-reactive proteins, SED rates, you know, these are all markers of inflammation. So if we see that, we always want to default to a lower carbohydrate diet and get the cells more sensitive to glucose or sugar. Mm -hmm. So Typically, if we're talking like macro percentage, maybe around 10 to 15% carbs, mm-hmm. maybe less than 50 to 20 a day. And then fats are going to be somewhere between 40 and 65, depending on where they're at. And then protein typically stays between 15 to 25%. Mm-hmm. And again, 
I don't ever give those numbers. I say your hand, eat that much meat, yeah. Yeah. fat, make sure it's full fat meat, you know, not boneless, skinless chicken breasts. Mm-hmm. All right. You want a little extra fat, put an avocado on there, yeah. take a scoop of coconut oil. And then you, here's your plate. Like imagine you have this much carbohydrates you can eat, make 80% of those vegetables, yeah. make that last 10 or 20%, maybe a bite or two of sweet potato or a handful of berries. Yeah. So we kind of start there and then typically people may plateau. Mm-hmm fatigue, getting a little cold hands, cold feet, and then we may dial up the carbs. Some people live there. I tend to live right around 50 to 75 carbs a day if I'm not exercising, and then I'll dial up from there. So that's kind of how I do it, and we can use body temperature, mood, energy. A lot of people do better because of insulin resistance, but some hit a wall, and then they got to dial it up. Yeah, and I've hit that wall a number of times in Mm -hmm. in various ways, but I think you kind of have to to figure out where you should be. What does it feel like? How would you describe that wall to people? Well, so as a cross, if you're doing CrossFit, right, and you're mm-hmm. keeping that low carb, money kind of keto approach, you may feel extra tired afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. You may just not recover from those workouts, right? You may emotionally just not be able to repeat it. The next day, you're super sore, even with good sleep and diet. That's one good indicator. Yep. We'll do a lot of body temperature testing with patients, and we'll see if their temps are below 98 for the armpit area in the morning yep. or afternoon. That's a good sign. We should dial up those carbs. And then also just therapeutically try bumping it up 20 grams. How do you feel? Hey, I feel a little better. I'm a little warmer. I feel more energized. The key thing is I think a lot of people, they find that approach. Maybe it's a low carb approach and they feel great and they just think everyone needs to be on this. Now that was me. So my default, my bias is get down to a lower carb paleo to start and then fine tune. Yeah. Now, like looking at you, you're a pretty, you're a very lean guy. So obviously you have a lot more levity or latitude in how we adjust that dial. But someone that's overweight, we got to really get them clean, get their cells more sensitive to that sugar. And then we can dial up. And it's so interesting that you say that because if it had been, you know, what, five, seven years before I started with this, then that wouldn't work with me because I was very much, I, I didn't work well with glucose and carbs in the system and insulin was definitely starting to be a problem and the sensitivity there you can you can start to hack that and change it with lifestyle factors and that's when it gets really exciting the idea that really drives me forward is that yes you come with this blueprint of genes so to speak but you can turn them on and off so you can literally be kind of a different person right if if you're talking about feeding me sweet potatoes few years ago might have made me fat now it might just make me feel great with with no you know negative side effects and so i i'm so fascinated by that when you start to quantify all of this and and biohack and experiment you can have a lot of fun but you need to make it worth it right and and to go back to where you started i mean i didn't realize that you were literally holding people's amputated limbs but i can't imagine what that must feel like but i do think it's important to kind of raise the stakes on a lot of people who are starting to run into the problems that almost everyone in America does and, and, and increasingly the Western world, like obesity and diabetes. And mm-hmm. these are the things that literally get your limbs ultimately cut off someday if, if it progresses to that point. So how, how do you raise the stakes knowing what the stakes are yourself, right? Because you see it up close and personal every day. How do you get average people to really make their health a priority? 
Well, it's like that Matrix movie, right? That great movie in the late 90s. You got the blue pill and the red yeah. pill, right? I think it's the red pill. It gives you the ability to see and you don't ever come back, right? This so you take right, once yeah. you take that red pill, it's like, all right, wow, like this is so cool. Then it's like, how can I use and leverage the internet to get podcasts mm-hmm. like you do, videos, you know, great content out there because you get people that are desperate. And they're out there, they're going on Dr. Google and they're trying to find stories or trying to get information that resonates with them. So I'm just trying to put information in a, in a way that's logical and, and connects with people. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. A lot of doctors speak a little too much over people's heads. And I've, I was taught by a mentor very at a young age, if you can't break information down and connect it with the average layperson, you don't understand the content well enough. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I definitely had to l- learn how to speak again when I came out of Ivy League college because you realize that it's doing everyone a disservice if you're using right. big fancy words that hardly anyone understands or uses in the real world. It's uh, and and I think you're exactly right. You see that a lot in traditional Western medicine where there's this. I don't want to say elitist, but definitely like a like a distance between the practitioner and the person who's who's getting care. And knowing you personally, I know that you do a great job. But, you know, if there are doctors listening out there, and I know there are, or people who are chiropractors or or in the field of of coaching other people toward health, what would you recommend to really help your message land? The first thing is people don't care what you say necessarily. People hear what you say or they feel what you say. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure they they feel it. And how you feel it is authenticity, meaning you have to practice what you preach on the diet side, on the lifestyle side. That's really important. And also, if you're recommending specific supplements and programs and lab tests, go through that yourself. Own that yourself because that authenticity comes through. So I had fatigue issues growing up. I had blood sugar issues. I had major gut issues. I even had, uh, or I even still do, but I, I've been able to manage it. Hashimoto's thyroid condition. Oh, really? So these are conditions, okay. yeah. And these are conditions in the conventional medical world. It's like, all right, you have autoimmune thyroid. Well, mm-hmm. we barely ever check that, but because you asked for it, we're going to give you this prescription to Synthroid, be on it forever. No, there are no diet and lifestyle changes. And right. maybe at some point we'll have to take out your thyroid. Maybe we'll see. So yeah. that's kind of like the approach that's out there. And it's like, well, there's something more than that, right? There's something yeah. more than that. So just kind of reaching and grabbing at straws and treating yourself and getting results. And then I think everyone, they stand on the giants of people that came before them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. I think Anthony Robbins says it well. It's like success leaves footprints. You don't got to reinvent the map. Just follow the footprints of other people that have walked before you. Yeah. Uh, and what a great time this is for that, right? Yeah. It, you can see it's astonishing to think that in the next two, five, ten years, most of the things that are going to be changing the world, we don't even have a concept of what they are yet. Right. <laughs> and that includes medicine. One yeah. of the things I'm, I'm most excited about, and, and my mom's a holistic nurse practitioner. Right now she's specializing oh. in uh, genetic testing and how that relates to different nutrients within your own system. Uh, which things work well for you and which things don't work so well, which really just opens up a whole can of worms. But I am... I'm stoked about where things are going. How do you see the health world evolving in the next few years? Well, the functional medicine world is really market driven, right? Mm -hmm. You have people coming in, they're spending their own money a lot of times, and there's a lot of value in that versus the the conventional medical model that is like copay driven, and there isn't a lot of value behind it, right? Short one minute doctor visits, typically there's a prescription involved in there, and that's it, in and out long lines. Not much attention or even time to go over diet and lifestyle pieces. So I'm seeing more patients that want that time. They're demanding the time. Doc, look at my food diary. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, let's look at these lab tests. Are there any functional markers we can glean from this conventional blood work? Oh yeah, your creatinine's low. There could be some protein issues or some low stomach acid. Let's run these functional tests deeper. Because yeah. patients are more educated, they now know the cop out of, oh, it's all in your head or you're just getting older. They know that's BS, yeah. right? They know it's BS. So now they're demanding because the information of like your shows and Dave Asprey shows and other functional medicine professionals are putting out there. They know that people are getting helped mm-hmm. and they're reaching and they're demanding it with their with their dollars. Now, what's happening to our collective thyroid health? Because it seems like that was something that people didn't talk about a whole lot in, in decades past. And now every single year you hear about all these autoimmune issues. You hear about people's thyroids completely crapping out. That happened to me years ago. Yeah. And it's something I always have to keep an eye on. My family as well. What, what's happening? Oh, awesome question. So conventional medicine really has treated all thyroid kind of issues on the on the hyper thigh, on the hypo thigh, the low yeah. side, which is about 95% of 98 or so percent of thyroid conditions. So we'll just keep it at those for right now. They treated all those for the most part the same. You know, we're talking conventional people, not the, the natural. Yeah. So they're writing a prescription for Levoxyl or a Levothroid or Synthroid. Those are the major synthetic thyroid molecules. And that's it. Go home. And Basically, what we know is the great majority, 50 to 90 percent, according to the research, are autoimmune in nature. Mm-hmm. And what that means is it's not necessarily the thyroid just malfunctioning because of a nutrient issue per se. Sometimes that happens or it's part of it, but it's the immune system actually going and attacking the thyroid tissue. Right. And a lot of times people aren't aware of it that when you have one autoimmune condition, you have a 76% chance of having a multiple autoimmune condition. It's called right. polyglandular autoimmune syndrome. So then if you have a thyroid issue, you may also have – a subclinical gluten sensitivity where your microvilli are being attacked or type mm-hmm. 1 diabetes or MS or even just the phenomenon known as leaky gut, yeah. which is actually shown according to research to be one of the driving factors. So strap that on, right? you got a thyroid issue. You have no digestive problems, but part of that mechanism is coming from the gut. How does that happen? Yeah. Right? Because people are trained, well, you have a gut issue, if you have diarrhea, bloating, gas, or reflux. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the missing piece is we're digging in deeper. All right getting the grains out, getting the autoimmune trigger food, maybe going on an autoimmune paleo stick for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're supporting some of the nutrients. Maybe we're supporting glands that aren't even the thyroid, like the adrenals, or we're looking at the the gut, or we're looking at my, the mitochondria because of the leaky gut, all these malabsorption of B vitamins mm-hmm. and mitochondrial nutrients aren't there. So yeah. it's such a holistic approach, but to kind of go back and summarize it and boiling it down, right, treating a condition that is not the root cause. It's the immune system and the gut a lot of times that are driving it. Mm-hmm. So w- what are some things that people are suffering from but might not realize it? Like you said, oh. that there might not be that uh, the digestive issues for your gut health overall, but it's still doing damage over time. That's not something that gets better on its own. Right. A lot of people on medications such as like SSRIs or mood stabilizing drugs, maybe benzodiazepines, a lot of the mood issues I'm finding are gut related. Hmm. So let's kind of back it up, right? We have this compound called LPS or lipopolysaccharide or endotoxin for short, right? Conventional medicine loves to have like three or four different names for the same thing. It's like, (laughs) oh my gosh. So just LPS for short to keep it simple. And that's from bad bacteria or dysbiotic 
bad bacteria in the gut, mm -hmm. and that can actually pass through the gut lining. So we're on video. So here's a healthy gut lining. This is called our tight junctions, and foods like gluten and inflammatory bacteria and, and fats in the diet literally unzip it, just kind of like a zipper on your jacket, mm -hmm. unzip it a little bit and allow food or protein particles or bacteria particles like the LPS I mentioned to get into the bloodstream. That can then cross up to the brain and cause mood issues and depression issues. And it can even drive fatigue because it poisons the mitochondria, which is like the powerhouse of your cell. Yeah. So a lot of these mood issues and energy issues can be driven by gut. And it's so hard because people are so connected to, you know, energy is like a caffeine deficiency or more stimulation or in the mm -hmm. conventional medical world, they may just throw like a methamphetamine, like an Adderall or one of those meds. Yeah, that's a weight loss therapy for a shocking amount of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, back in the day, I mean, it was fentramine, right? The fentramine yep. injections to increase adrenaline, so to speak. Right. Until Which, they caused, found it was causing heart disease issues. Right. We've come a long way, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, so, but what about someone who, who really is just dipping their toes into this idea of, of kind of like citizen science or... or individualized health, biohacking, whatever it is, what should you start to pay attention to first? Because there are so many things, so many cans of worms, proverbially, that, that you yeah. can open. So I learned so much from my patients. Yeah. Uh, research is helpful, studies are helpful, but the problem with true science is you have to control one variable. Right. Mm -hmm. So let me just kind of walk you through this. So let's say you have someone that's not sleeping good, eating inflammatory grains. Let's say lots of sugar, mood issues, not handling stress well, not hydrating enough. Well, there's like eight or nine variables I just mentioned. So you're going to wait a month and change each variable and check in. Or are you going to change them all and then yeah. see how everything lands? Yeah. So we're changing so many variables from nutrients and supplements to getting inflammatory compounds down, to getting toxins out, to getting nutrient-dense foods up, to getting high-quality fats up, to fixing the gut for the hormones. So there's so many variables. If we were to use conventional medical science and control one variable at a time, it would take forever. So yeah. I always recommend start with the foundational principles, right? It's like in, in basketball, you practice your free throw, or in baseball, mm -hmm. you practice you know, your simple movements, your simple swings, right? In, in functional medicine, it's you're practicing the conventional things of sleep, yeah. hydration, mm -hmm. right? Making sure you have a paleo template. I love template because it's non-dogmatic. It's yep. macronutrient agnostic. So you get the dials. You can switch them, protein, fats, and carbs. Mm -hmm. We're keeping the toxins out, keeping the fluoride and junk out. And then we can start there and then see and see what comes up and then clean up the rest later. Now, as someone who's, who's treated a lot of people, mm -hmm. Are most people the same or is everyone wildly different? That's a great question. I mean, I like to say everyone's a unique snowflake, yeah. <laughs> but there's a predictable way in which people break down. Okay. Now, some break down a little bit different. Typically, it's the stress handling glands tend to break down first. So your ability to adapt to stress mm -hmm. goes down. Mm -hmm. Your ability to deal with blood sugar starts to go down. Your ability to deal with inflammation goes down. So those are like predictable things. Maybe gut integrity starts to go down. 
uh, the ability to break down food starts to go down. Now, once we have a malabsorption, mm -hmm. then that affects the mitochondria, detox pathways, and then obviously neurotransmitters because all that comes from protein and nutrients in the gut. Right. So now, once you have those functional imbalances, the symptoms that happen are unique. Mm -hmm. So the functional imbalances that happen, the body systems that start to dysfunction are typically the same. Again, someone could have an autoimmune thyroid, other person more adrenals, but it's still that hormone system. But the symptoms that present themselves tend to be on more on the unique side. Yeah. What about aging? Is that something where, you know, we're all told that we, this just happens when you get older, you break down or whatever. Yeah. What's your take on that though? Well, I think we can control aging uh, on that front. We know when we age, stomach acid goes down, as jo Dr. Jonathan Wright shown. So we have maybe an impairment to break down good foods. So if we have 20 years of not breaking down good foods and we're already eating bad foods, that's obviously going to accelerate that aging process, yeah. not getting enough vitamin D, sleep issues, uh, mental mindset. So we have a big control on that because we can control a lot of those stressors. Any stressor left unchecked eventually over 10, 20, 30 years magnifies itself, right? Mm -hmm. So aging process, a lot of times, is just a magnification of mistakes that happen right here, right now. Yeah. And we know that because we see people like Jack LaLanne who kick butt into their late 90s yeah. and some who you know die in their 40s and 50s and have terrible quality of life. This is something that I've been thinking about recently is the idea – you look at someone – this is probably not the best example, but you look at yeah. someone like The Rock, right? Yes. You look – earlier in his career when he was the big wrestler, you know, no neck, big kind of puffy face. You could tell that he's doing a lot of things different now yes. than he, he did before. And you see kind of two different camps, right? You see the, the jack-o'-lanes like you mentioned, the, the people who are in great shape, it seems like, their yeah. entire lives. And it seems like that's serving them well. And then you have the other ones who are kind of the elite athletes – who trashed themselves or something went horribly wrong and it seems like because they were training that hard, they're now in poor health or they died early. Uh, so as it relates to physical performance and activity and athleticism, what's the breakdown there? Like, Are you staying more fit by being fit your entire life or are you wearing yourself out by putting more mileage on your body, so to speak? That's a great question. I'm going to give you a couple of analogies here. So I'm a big Patriots fan. I don't watch yeah. sports as much, but I follow it. I'm from it, so New Hampshire, I, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm from Andover, North Andover area in Boston. Right on. I so, think we talked about that. Anyway, yeah, sweet. Awesome. Don't so yeah I'm, a big, yeah, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. And yeah. Tom Brady, right, if you look We're at We're going to get a lot of hate for this, by the way, I'm sure. <laughs> but, anyway. but Tom Brady isn't the best you know, athlete. If you look at him and follow yeah. him in college at University of Michigan, not the best, even his first draft year. Tom talks in 2007 or eight when he got his ACL injury. Mm -hmm. He encountered some functional medicine people, some functional nutritionists, and he actually said he got younger. His performance actually improved after that year. Wow. And if you look at his performance after that major injury, he's done better per right. his age. And if you look at someone who's been in the, year, been in the NFL for 16 years, mm -hmm. he's gotten better each and every year and he's accelerated based on eating high quality organic foods, seeing yeah. functional medicine people, seeing chiropractors, addressing, I mean, he gets 11 hours sleep per night, like wow. insane. Yeah. And if you look at people next to him, 
not quite the same. I've worked on a lot of NFL athletes, and I see people five, six years in. They get the injury. Now, here's what happens. These people, their mindset is they've excelled their whole life, a lot of them. They've just yeah. kicked butt amazing talent, and they've done it in spite of a lot of their diet and lifestyle things. Mm -hmm. So they have 10, 15 years of bad habits. They get into the NFL or a professional sports career, and they get injured. And then now that's where they lose a step or two, and then they're gone. They're yeah. out of the league. Yeah. And I've seen first-round draft picks. They get hurt. They're gone. But then you see someone like Tom Brady or, for instance, Julio Franco, who was a baseball player back in the 1990s, had a 23-, 24-year career, mm -hmm. was notorious for bringing his own organic food to eat it because he knew the nutrition part was so helpful. At that level, you're dealing with an equal level of talent, but it's what happens when you get injured. Right. And that's where these habits magnify themselves a ton, where you see someone like Tom Brady who's accelerating in his career, will probably be the best quarterback of all time. And if you just look at him, he looks healthier than someone who's you know 16 or 17 years in, so to speak. Yeah, and from what I've seen, he's almost on like a paleo autoimmune type diet. He's not even eating tomatoes or, or, or nightshades to keep the inflammation down. And from what I read, this is off the top of my head, but I think it's like 70 to 80% veggies, plant foods. Exactly. He's eating about 20% meat, but he's even said it. The person, his chef's a vegan chef, so everyone thinks he's vegan, but yeah. no, his vegan chef actually makes some kind of paleo foods. So he eats meat, grass-fed meat, coconut oil, no nightshades like you mentioned, TPAP, tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, peppers, none of that. High-quality fats, beef, fish, all of that amazing stuff and no grains and no refined sugar. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. I did a whole podcast on this. If anyone wants to listen, beyondwellnessradio.com is my podcast. We dig into these topics. But – I just love it because you can see in action, and I've seen people that they get hurt, they lose a step, they're gone, mm -hmm. and someone like him gets hurt and actually gains a step, meaning gets faster, gets yeah. better, and that's important. Also, I mean, it's so easy to forget. We haven't emphasized it enough, but sleep. Yeah. I mean, he gets 10 hours a night sleep. That's amazing. That's a ton of sleep. That's a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah. And you see other people, Kobe, LeBron, a yeah. lot of people at, at the high level, especially later in their careers, are starting to do this because they see that it can turn back the clock in so many different ways. If you look at my biomarkers now in my early 30s compared to my early 20s, 10 years have gone by and I look 10 years younger. It's the weirdest thing. You know, it's it's fantastic, though, when you start to realize that not only is your performance tied to the way that you're eating and living and, and the, you know, practicing functional medicine within your own life, but also your longevity, the way that you think, everything is tied up in this. What are some before and afters that you've you've seen from the health perspective and people who have come into your office? Well, I've seen people with thyroid issues that have antibodies into the 1 to 2,000 range, which is, is very high if you're familiar with the TPO yeah. antibody marker for Hashimoto's, get down in the low hundreds, if not negative. I mean, we've seen that. Wow. People with tons of gut issues, autoimmune gut issues that are totally resolved. And again, you know, kind of the med legal thing, we're not curing anything. We're just fixing mm -hmm. underlying imbalances in the diet and the biochemistry. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing when you take away the stressors, right, when you pull the, the, the nail out of your heel, so to speak, things start to heal. And that's yeah. kind of what we're doing on the functional medicine side, but thyroid issues, energy issues, fatigue. The big thing is chronic infections. A lot of people that have these stressors like we're talking about, that affects their digestion and that decreases their ability to make this protective membrane called IgA, which is this mucosal membrane barrier, lower IgA levels, critters can come in and make make up make up a home, set up shop, so to speak. Yeah. And a lot of people have these chronic infections which wear on your 
anti-inflammatory pathways, right? Your adrenals and cortisol. And they also affect malabsorption and set you up for bacterial imbalances. More more bad stuff than good stuff is in a good situation. Yeah. And autoimmune, like you said before, that can be for a lot of people, especially if you don't have a handle on it, like a life sentence to all sorts of different problems that get really serious really fast. So if someone's listening to this and they do have a little, you know, maybe a hint of autoimmune issues, whether it's psoriasis or, you know, their, their gut isn't working that well, or like you mentioned, the thyroid, how can you turn that around? Because also some of those folks have been told they don't have hope. You're just medicated yes. or sick for the rest of your life, right? But there is hope for most of us anyway. Yeah, exactly. The food trigger is a big one. So autoimmune paleo is kind of the, the first step. What does that mean compared to like, you know, your diet or paleo? It's really cutting out nuts, seeds, nightshades, nightshades mm-hmm. being tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, peppers, and eggs. And yep. just cutting them out for about one month and then slowly reintroducing those back in. That That's step one. Number two, if you're not breaking down healthy foods, that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Bad food or good food that sits out on your counter, not in your fridge, will rot. And that same thing happens in your gut when you aren't making enough hydrochloric acid and enzymes. So that piece is really important. The next is the infection piece. If you already have infections and stuff going on in the gut, your bacteria balance is skewed. That's where 70 to 80% of your immune system lives. So if that's messed up, now you're, the leaky gut autoimmune phenomenon's there. And plus, let's, we can't forget on what good bacteria does, right? Good bacteria eats poop and poops nutrition. Yeah. Bad bacteria eats nutrition and poops poop. Yeah. So let's back it up. What <laughs> What the heck did I just say? All right. Tweet that, what please. I, so what I said was bad bacteria actually adds more toxins to your gut. Mm-hmm. Good bacteria actually adds more nutrition to your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's such a great way to think about it. And most people, unfortunately, don't think about their guts at all or their body as an ecosystem. But we're starting to learn how important all of this is. It gets very complicated very quickly. But when you peel the onion, you know, it's quite straightforward. And that's, I believe, the answer is in honoring nature, not fighting it. And and like you said, if you need your, your leg amputated, yes. Western medicine is there for you. 100%. But if you don't want your leg amputated, there's, there might be a better way of, of going about this. And uh, the science in preventative medicine and functional medicine is getting so much better recently. But what is what's really feeding the amount of sickness that we're seeing today because it does seem unprecedented whether you're talking about uh, you know obesity autism and everything in between what's happening is it processed food is it toxins in the environment is it everything or how do you see this that's a great question. So I think you can go back if you want to get the diet piece. Um, Gary Tobbs' book, Good Calories and Bad Calories, is a good start. Right, a started tome. back in yeah, started <laughs> back in the late '70s with the George McGovern Senate trials, where they basically created the food pyramid out of lack of science, and they made 12 servings of grains and all the refined sugar and the foundation of the food pyramid. That's number one, mm-hmm. and you and we see. From 1900, four pounds of sugar eaten a year to today, I think 150, 160 pounds yeah. of sugar per year. And that's, I mean, I eat none. So that means someone else out there has to be eating 300 to make up for my none. So just right. kind of wrap your head around Yeah, that, that's the crazy right? part, right? Right. <laughs> so if we look at like the grains being the foundation of the pyramid and we look at the refined sugar, and then let's not forget too, because if we're eating more sugar and carbs, that means we're, what are we not eating, right? Mm-hmm. We're also missing out on a lot of those great fats, number three. And then let's not forget about the 2 billion pounds of pesticides dumped on us per year. These are organochlorine compounds that kill insects by destroying their nervous system and by affecting their reproduction. 
Yeah. Now, what do you think they do to us right. at higher doses? They have a similar effect. Mm-hmm. And so that affects our hormones. And, you know, if you watch the documentary, the, the Disappearing Male, we know this whole case of estrogen dominance and lots of estrogens in our environment right. are affecting women and driving fibroids and PMS and infertility and also affecting men with the, the gynecomastia, the mm-hmm. man boobs, so to speak, yeah. and all of the other hormonal issues on that front. So I would say toxins, number one, uh, sugar and the junk in the diet, the low fat and also, the overdose of antibiotics mm-hmm. has really knocked out a lot of our good flora, created this rebound overgrowth, right? Nature abhors a vacuum. Weeds grow automatically in the garden. No one goes in their garden to grow weeds, right? Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. That's what happens in our gut with the breeding ground of toxins, refined sugar, and antibiotics used, I mean, let's say, out of, out of necessity. Yeah. And you mentioned hormones. One question that comes in a lot is men who have gained a bit of weight, maybe they used to be athletic, maybe they didn't, but at this point, they know that they have low testosterone, and that's extremely common now. What are some things that you do to reverse that? Okay, great question. So first off, why is that happening? When you take in more female-based hormones, estrogens, whether it's from uh, the water or uh, let's say plastics or pesticides, that inhibits this compound in the brain called LH, which tells your your gonads to make testosterone. So number one, by getting those toxins in there, you're disrupting that communication feed loop, uh, feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So it's like going into your house hot in Austin, right? You, you knock that thermostat off and now you can't talk to the AC, yeah. right? Now you're inside sweating your butt off. So that's what happens with the toxins coming in. And then number two, a lot of people are stressed and a good deal of their sex hormones come from their adrenal glands. And because of stress and blood sugar and other stuff in the gut, your adrenals that are constantly dealing with stress are now lose the ability to produce some of that DHEA, Mm -hmm. which is this precursor to some of these sex hormones, which are helpful at providing some of those anabolic sex hormone building blocks, which basically help build you up you know, keep you lean and put on muscle as well. Mm-hmm. What about lifestyle changes that you can make in your day-to-day life to boost testosterone? Foods, exercises? Yeah, so number one, keeping cortisol down because cortisol and growth hormone are kind of like this, right. right? So if we do too much cortisol, that's going to be really negative to growth hormone. Number two, hormonally intelligent exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, why do you exercise? You don't exercise to do this movement. You do it to create a you, – one, you do it to create insulin sensitivity mm-hmm. that helps keep insulin in a good level because high amounts of insulin basically shunts fuel to your fat cells versus fuel to your mitochondria. Yeah. We want you to be efficient at burning fat – not storing it. So that does one thing. It gets your cells sensitive to insulin. Number two, it stimulates growth hormone and testosterone. Mm -hmm. And growth hormone basically makes all of your hormones more sensitive, if you will. So it'll potentiate the effects of testosterone, which will allow you to put on muscle. So resistance training movements, compound movements. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Movements that involve multiple joints, front squats, lunges, deadlifts, step-ups, sprints, Doing movements that drive that piece is going to be helpful. And then if you want to get – like we have the foundation down, right? Paleo, all that stuff, sleep, water, that stuff's already there. Yeah. Then we can look at supplements to help with the adrenal glands, uh, whether it's pregnenolone or DHEA. We can use things like Eleuthero or Siberian ginseng to improve mm-hmm. uh, DHEA levels, ashwagandha, uh, getting nutrients up like zinc because if we aren't breaking down – our minerals because low stomach acid, we're not going to be able to ionize those minerals and zinc so important for sex hormones. Yeah. So with selenium too. So I would say the food piece, the minerals, I would say some of the herbs and maybe some of the precursor adrenal support if you're under a guidance of a good functional medicine doctor. Justin, you're amazing. Let me just say that. I'm sure a lot of people out there are wondering how the heck do we find a guy like 
him? <laughs> How do we find a good doctor? What would you recommend to people out there who are looking to get their health into their own hands but might not have the doctor of their dreams right now? I would say number one, find find someone on YouTube or blogs or websites or podcasts that you resonate with because you want to find someone that jives with your personality and you yeah. want to make sure the information feels good. You you kind of you get some free info. You're already trying it on for size. Oh, this feels right. That that's number one. There's a lot of great people out there with good sites and great info. Yeah. And then number two, a little plug for myself. I am available virtual worldwide. So I see patients from all over the world from my home office here in Austin, Texas. So that's always an option. I am booked out quite a ways with patients, but I'm always, you know, open to helping some new patients that are really struggling with some health issues. That's great. It's proactive health. And that's what it has to be. Uh, I I think for so long, we've gotten used to just kind of outsourcing it. And uh, that was the biggest mistake I made earlier in my life. And that's why I got so sick. And, And I think what we all can take away from it, and it's getting easier, is to be proactive about our health, track our stuff. It's getting so easy now. You can get a Fitbit or, or to track your sleep, or yeah. uh, you know, for for less than a hundred bucks in a lot of cases, you can really start to put some numbers to this. See graphically what what you're doing. It'll surprise you what you're eating if you keep track of it. It'll surprise you when you're exercising, not exercising, and the sleep one has been so fun to track because uh, Allison and I got Fitbits around the same time. Started tracking our sleep. We've tried other devices in the past that really didn't work, but Fitbit does okay. Yeah. And we've we've unlocked so many different insights about the way that we actually live our lives without realizing it. Like me, for instance, uh, it doesn't surprise me, but I am a light sleeper. I can show the data. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm in bed for nine hours, I might still get seven hours of sleep. Sometimes it's better than that. Sometimes it's not. But you can see it. And uh, now it's that's starting to kind of like be – uh, it, it's a democracy of information at this point. Now, it's if you getting, get exposed to alcohol, what happens to that sleep? Do you notice you sleep a little lighter? I do sleep lighter with alcohol, yeah. although if I have a small amount of it and it's clean, one to yes. two, for instance, is f- like very different from six. You know, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. And I'll wake up in the morning and I can tell. It's not a hangover, but I can definitely tell. And usually I can even tell if it's one to two depending on what it is. But that's one question that I get a lot of, and I'm sure you do as well. What do you do about alcohol? And there's a huge difference between you know having two drinks every night 14 a week and yeah. having two drinks a night once a week yes. massive difference so that's important to keep in mind what are some other kind of like quick tips for people as it relates to real life stuff because yes we should eat perfectly all the time we should never drink or smoke or whatever but do you have any uh, we're almost out of time but do you have any like rubber meets the road type advice for people out there yeah so number one when it comes to alcohol i mean if you can do it and you can handle it yeah totally enjoy have some spirits one of my big things is clean alcohol either like you know we're in austin right tito's vodka really good clean vodka i do my dr j's moscow mule where i do some ginger kombucha half an organic lime and i do um a little shot of uh, vodka in there and that's phenomenal Uh, i like a nice dry prosecco or a champagne that's Mm -hmm. really nice low in the mycotoxins low in the sugar level and you can even do like a la rob wolf the uh, norcal margarita half a lime shot of tequila a little carbonated water that's that's great on that side Mm -hmm. and the number two if you're getting exposed to toxins really simple activated charcoal NAC and vitamin C are a great combo. Yep. If you're going to go out and you're going to indulge a little bit or have maybe drink maybe one more drink than two or so for the alcohol, that's a great way to kind of buffer some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I love your, your booze cocktail. 
It works. Your booze supplement it. cocktail. And I actually have a video that shows myself making that, by the way. Do you really? Yeah, okay, it's on <laughs> I'll there. Have to check that out, too. Maybe we can throw that in the show notes. So we're, we're just about out of time, but before we go, why don't you tell folks where they can find you online and otherwise? Great. Uh, JustinHealth.com is a great site where you can find everything about me, my podcast, Beyond Wellness Radio, BeyondWellnessRadio.com as well. And then my specific thyroid site, FixYourThyroid.com, where we just talk about thyroid issues and kind of my journey and the things that I've learned to help patients get better. Awesome. Well, Justin, you are terrific. I appreciate you being on the show and uh, I'll see you soon in Austin, I'm sure. Abel, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Wild Superfoods and listeners like you. Whether you're looking to drop a few pounds, maximize performance for your next competition, or simply stay young and energetic, you need a name you can trust. That's why my wife Allison and I created Wild Superfoods. Our nutraceuticals and cutting-edge health supplements are literally the products we've been taking ourselves daily to upgrade our nutrition and optimize our health for the past three-plus years. And we're extremely excited to say Wild Superfoods is finally ready for you with much more to come. When you buy from Wild Superfoods, you're supporting a small family business, not a massive faceless corporation. We don't have any investors or stockholders to please, so our priority is you. We want to help you become as healthy as you possibly can be. Also, starting our own family company, it's kind of cool, has made it so we can create these shows for you without outside sponsors clouding our message of health. So if you believe in what we do, please check out Wild Superfoods. We think you'll dig it. And as a listener of Fat Burning Man, you can save over $80 on a one-time purchase or save over $128 when you select a subscribe and save option. Also, you can get free access with subscribe and save to our Fat Burning Tribe coaching and meal planning community. That place is awesome. I'll see you in there. It's usually at least $27 a month. So check out Subscribe and Save from Wild Superfoods if you want to get the tribe for free. We think you'll like it. So all you have to do is head on over to wildsuperfoods.com to order your very own health-boosting goodies for a big-time discount. One more time, that's wildsuperfoods.com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to Fat Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out fatburningtribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance, what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you. And if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line. 
anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com. I'll give you a second to type it in, fatburningman.com. And you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man. Better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up. Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. 